0: with a picture of the president the face to look like Hitler and compare the effort to increase health care to the Nazis it is a tribute to the first amendment that this kind of vile contemptible nonsense is so freely propagated <laughs> Ma'am, trying to have a conversation with you would be like trying to argue with a dining room table I have no interest in doing it
1: Hello and welcome to NPR's Planet Money. I'm Adam
2: Davidson. And I'm Alex Bloomberg. Today is Friday, August 28th, and that was Representative Barney Frank, chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, you heard at the top of the program. Uh, he was talking at a town hall meeting about health care last week. Barney is the star of today's podcast, but first, we have our Planet Money indicator.
1: The indicator is 10.6. You are such a Mac freak. I am, because today Apple launches Snow Leopard, their sort of anticipated next operating system known as 10.6. And we're talking about this because? I feel there is a Planet Money story here, I note. Microsoft versus Apple, two very different business economic strategies. And they have a different way of releasing their operating systems. Yeah. Microsoft builds up. And then every few years, they launch some huge transformation of their operating system. And it's the sort of thing where you only buy it if everyone you know has bought it, because that's the way you can be compatible with your office and with all your friends and with everyone around the world. And so it's sort of this all or nothing huge thing, either Everybody all over the world spends hundreds and hundreds of dollars and upgrades at once, or they don't. And, you know, Windows XP was pretty successful, but then they launched Vista, which was not really successful. But Apple has a different strategy. They are so thoroughly compatible backwards and forwards that, you know what? Snow Leopard's not that big a deal. You're perfectly free not to upgrade if you don't want to. It really doesn't make a difference unless you happen to like some of the features. And then you can upgrade. And it's cheap, 29 bucks. You know, sometimes Apple will charge more, but never as much as as Microsoft charges for an upgrade. And so, I mean, does it, can, is there anything you can say
2: about these strategies? Like, which which one seems to be more effective?
1: Well, clearly, the Microsoft one was more effective. I mean, they have a huge chunk of the market, the huge chunk of the market. But Apple has been growing in leaps and bounds, and there's certainly some who think the Apple strategy has, now that most software programs are so interoperable, so, you know, it's so easy to bounce from one to the other that um, that we're going to see Apple continue to grow. But, of course, Google's coming in and maybe they'll just take the market away from everybody. Yeah, exactly.
2: All right. So, from moving from computers to something all too human,
1: the U.S. Congress. Yes. Alex, this week, I got to sit down with the man himself, Barney Frank. He is probably... I would say almost more than, can we safely say, more than anyone else alive today responsible for regulatory reform. I mean, yeah. whatever the administration wants has to go through Barney Frank. He is the most important person in financial regulatory reform. And he's very scary. And he's very scary. <laughs> <laughs> anyone who is a financial journalist will tell you, I think, he's one of the scariest interviews because usually you go, you meet a politician, he sort of creates this fake bonhomie, this charming, oh, we're buddies, fell Not Barney. No, no. no. He is, if you say something stupid, as you will hear in a minute, he will tell you that you just said something stupid. He will force you to argue as carefully and precisely as you possibly can, which maybe I didn't at every moment in this conversation. Um, so I, I talked to him about a bunch of things. It gets, you know, it gets a little dramatic towards the end. But 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 first, I just wanted to know one simple thing, the timetable. Uh, a lo- I remember a long time ago, uh, Barney Frank had said that he wanted to have much of regulatory legislation passed well before the summer. Obviously, that hasn't happened. So I asked him, what's going on now? What's
0: the timetable? I had hoped to get some of the legislation through the House uh, uh, on uh, this Summer or this late summer, late spring, early summer. It now looks like, uh, well, we waited, but all of it will be passed through the House during our, uh, late September and October. And do you have high hopes for something on the president's desk this calendar year? Yes. Um, well, the House Republicans have been very resistant. Senator Shelby, who's a senior Republican in the Senate, seemed more uh, inclined to do this. There's one, actually, the outstanding issue right now is. Who should be the systemic risk regulator? There's a general consensus that there should be a systemic risk regulator. Um, and you want it to be the Federal Reserve. I had, but that's long since uh, passed because the Federal Reserve happened to be the ones holding the, uh, the hot potato when AIG had to be bailed out. And the fact that the Fed did that with no restrictions on compensation uh, damaged the Fed a lot. So there will have to be now some collegial actually That doesn't trouble me because I think the the, the the function is more important than who does it. There will be some collegial body of uh, current regulators with some executive authority uh, uh, to do systemic risk regulation. It doesn't displace any of the current regulators. How you structure that is the major concern. Resolving authority, an odd phrase because what we really mean is dissolving authority. I don't know when wiping something out became resolving it. Um, some restrictions on uh, the ability to uh, sell the whole loan and not retain some risk, reform of the rating agencies, Um, restriction of derivatives being done on a a one-off basis uh, all the time, restrictions on those forms of executive compensation that incentivize excessive risk and a consumer uh, financial products protection agency, those are all, I think, pretty clearly accepted.
1: And... Can can you give me a sense in, in your mind, a year from now, two years from now, how different will banking be to the bankers and to us, you know, just regular guys who, who who will go to banks?
0: Well, nobody's sure. Look, one of the issues we've had here is that loans used to be made entirely by banks. Now, lending has moved outside of banks. Some of it may move back in, and I wouldn't mind that. Some of what we're being told is, well, what you're doing, is going to cut down on innovation and... Uh, I think, to some extent, innovation has been very powerful in creating some flexibility. But some of it, I think, has been financial activity for its own sake. Financial activity is supposed to be a means towards gathering up the funds that productive enterprises can use. I think, to some extent, it became an end in itself. Um, whether or not we may force some of this back into uh, into the banks, um, one of the things that's now happening that I think will be curtailed is the banks are – relying increasingly on fee income rather than bank income. Late fees for credit card yeah. payments or and bank... Overdrafts and things, some of which they are inducing uh, by giving people the right to do things without people asking for the right to do them, mainly so they can penalize them when they do them badly. That's what one of the prime things the consumer agency will be dealing with. Yeah. Is, uh, is the consumer agency weakened? I, I, I'm struck by the fact
1: that some of the bank lobbyists I talked to Scott Talbot at the Financial Services Roundtable, for example, a few months ago, they said we're going to go to the mattresses on this one. We're going to fight it, cat, you know, tooth and claw, the CFPA, and now the Consumer Finance Protection Authority. And now they're saying, oh no, we we now feel like it's heading in the right direction. We feel comfortable. That makes me as a consumer a little, little concerned. Maybe I don't want them to feel totally comfortable. Is it how, how far is it from your your again the the reality as
0: opposed to the ideal? Well. Um, it's it's very close to the ideal. I do think the administration had some excesses in its proposal. For example, they had a proposal that didn't come from Elizabeth Warren, who's been the major author of this, and it was not something Elizabeth thought was necessary, and I've spoken with her. Um, it was a requirement that any financial institution that was offering any kind of product be also required to offer a plain vanilla version of the product. Well, I thought back to those sit- cases when bars couldn't sell liquor unless they served food and they served the most inedible food known to to, to food. Um, We're going to not do that. There was no reason for that. We're there to protect people against bad things. Um, No, it's not going to be substantially weakened at all. I think what's happened is that uh, uh, some of us said to the financial institutions, well, if you want to have a national debate about how well you've behaved and whether or not people need protection against you. We can. I wouldn't advise it because I don't think you'll do very well. I think they may have underestimated our determination to get this thing done. And they have a great deal of interest in an ongoing relationship with us. Um, the notion that they were going to go to war, burn the bridges, etc. Uh, if I were in that business, I wouldn't want to do that to the Secretary of the Treasury and the congressional committees that were in charge. And I think they thought better of it. So, yeah.
1: Um- <laughs> The, I want to get back to this innovation versus, uh, you know, if we want to place it in the starkest ideological battle, it's a battle between, you know, we just want to keep the, the caricature of the uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren view is we we want, you know, no no new products or no confusing products, save the consumer. And and the caricature of the right wing view is we need absolute total freedom to, to create innovation. It sounds like you are sensitive to both sides of that argument.
0: I mean, not, not no, the... I'm insensitive to the stupidity of both of your caricatures. Well, what's the point of even talking like that? Nobody's suggesting that. That's not where the world is. That's not where we are. Um, There are some conservatives. I will say that the most operative extremism now, there are conservatives who say no regulation at all, that government always does more harm than good. The Ronald Reagan view. Government is not the answer to our problem. Government is the problem. Republicans who take the floor and say, even if this will be helpful to us, we will lose our freedom. There are people who go beyond the pragmatic to say it's a matter of freedom. Now, I have never thought freedom involved uh, being able to do derivatives without limitation.
2: So uh he <laughs> he showed a little bit of uh, flash there yeah. at the end of his sort of um of his uh of his not suffering. And clothes. it was Gladly. a stupid question.
1: But you I did ask a stupid question. Like I'm not proud of that. It was a dumb <laughs> way to ask that question. But normally people don't tell you right. That's so clearly <laughs> that your question was dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta you know, frankly at the time it was a little scary, but, but uh, you know, I feel like that's good.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he... Now, but overall, it was pretty civil in tone, but... Oh, wait. It, it, yeah. Oh, wait. Yes. <laughs> We're going to play more in a minute. Okay. <laughs> right. Because what hey, happened... I stayed right. civil. <laughs> right. What happened is, you started talking about your dream.
1: Right. I, I told him about my dream. My dream that uh, we should take this regulatory reform issue out of cutthroat partisan ideological politics and get this panel in my mind of economists from across the political spectrum, left and right, Democrat, Republican, centrist, independents, and see- Put them all in a room. Put them all in a room, have them wrestle with these difficult issues and see if there are some- Smart- technocratic solutions you're repeating because I keep saying the same thing over and over again (laughs) smart technocratic solutions right because I hate all this politics. I hate the left yells at the right, the right yells at the left. Right. And, and, and you, neither side seems right in any real way.
2: And in fact, we, we have taken a stab at making your dream a reality. We we had this Pew event last night, as a matter of fact. And we're going to
1: play tons of tape from that. We're going play to play tons of tape where we had... Later, not on this podcast. Yes. In later podcasts.
2: <laughs> where we had economists from across the political spectrum talking about and trying to come to consensus on financial regulatory reform. But... It always does seem a little pie in the sky.
1: I know. You always kind of make fun of me, and you'll be happy to know you're in good company because Barney (laughs) Frank also made fun of me. Um, Basically, I said to him, can't we just, let's handle the emergencies now, of course, but then why can't we just take two or three years, study the hell out of what happened, really look into why this crisis happened, figure it out, and then rewrite our financial regulatory system? Barney said... No, that's never going to happen, and even if it could happen, we don't have that much time.
0: What happens the next time a major institution fails while we're waiting? For instance, the biggest, one of the biggest issues is that we have no way of unwinding a non-bank financial institution. Are you promising me that in the next two or three years, no such institution will fail? Uh, secondly, we want to get the finance system up and running fully. Um, The old way, with no restrictions on leverage, with no restrictions on derivatives, with no restrictions on securitization. Um, Third, I think we have a real problem with investor confidence. Uh, I don't think people are ready to invest as freely as we would like them to. And I think having some protections for people are very important. Uh, Leaving the rating agencies as they are, I think that's a great mistake. And then finally, and maybe I should have put this first, I dispute the premise that we are, quote, going to know what happened unquote, in two or three years. These are ideologically very uh, contested issues. We're not dealing here with arithmetic. There is never going to be a consensus answer to what happens. There are conservatives who think the problem was that we had a Community Reinvestment Act, which encouraged banks to lend too much to poor people. I think that is patent provable nonsense. But they're not going to stop thinking that. Many of us believe that it was a failure to adopt regulations consonant with new uh, financial activities, but they don't believe that. So I disagree with you that we're going to know more two years from now than we know now. As to too much haste, Secretary of Treasury Paulson outlined much of what we plan to do, with some differences in some of the specifics, in April of 2008. Uh, We will be uh, well over a year and a half afterwards. Uh, So those are the arguments. Uh, The world's not going to stand still while we engage in a debate, which I do not think will ever be conclusively resolved about why we have the problem. Uh, Are there things you feel like you would like to know more about, things you don't understand about how this crisis happened? Oh, I think we know how it happened, uh, why it happened. I believe it was the failure to adopt regulations. I think this is a pattern, not deregulation, but non-regulation. You know, it's a loaded question. Are there things you would like to know more about? Sure. Uh, I suppose I would like to know more about you before we did the interview. You know, I'd I'd like to know more about everything I wanted to immediately before I eat it. Waiting until you know everything is, of course, a sure formula for never doing anything useful. Um, I think we know the basic outlines of what happened. And again, we have been thinking about this. Uh, Hank Paulson began talking about it in 2008. This, uh, the, the, the problem of subprime loans being made that shouldn't have been made. Many of us, unfortunately, almost all Democrats, uh, were working on that a long time ago. But the Republicans were blocking it. We couldn't do anything until we did in 2007. Um, uh, so yeah, there are things that nobody knows for sure. But again, your premise that we are going to come to some consensus about this, I think is is wrong. Right, I'm going to do one of the scariest things in, in the world of
1: politics and journalism. I'm going to I'm going to argue with you, with Barney Frank, and say that um, I do I, I personally totally agree with you that there is some low hanging fruit, some things that clearly need resolution. Authority, obviously, that's essential. Sooner the better. Uh, but but when I talk to economists, experts from across the aisle. Yeah, there are fringe ideologues on the left and on the right. But I do think there is a core group who are saying we're narrowing in on some of the issues. Part of it is, one of the issues that people keep pointing out is a regulatory system that is an agglomeration of reactions to crisis rather than a bottom-up fundamental review of our regulatory system. So, the regulatory arbitrage that comes when you have this alphabet soup of regulators, the, um, not certainly, I think the CRA thing is nonsense, but the, um, but a general, you know, decades of policy that promotes housing and, and tells banks to lower the risk reserves for housing. Um, it, it does seem to me that there's a lot of profitable stuff, not 50 years of, not, of, of ideological screaming, but a year or two
0: of calm, reasoned, bipartisan investigation. That well, first of all, again, you're simply wrong. You're not going to get calm, reasoned, bipartisan investigation. The Republican Party today, in the House in particular, well, a commission was just named. The Republicans who were appointed to that are people who I believe will tell you that the problem was too much government involvement, that it was the Community of Investment Act. You have this false hope that somehow we're going to come to this kind of agreement. But the Democrats' named were pretty, uh, not, I would not call them mainstream,
1: centrist, you know, non-ideological economists.
0: No, I wouldn't either. I think they are closer to what most economists would say than before. But that's my point. Where is this consensus uh, bacon group going to come from? Um, secondly, um, I do think we have a very good understanding of uh, what went wrong, the housing piece. Um, but this is not something new. You act as if, oh, we just... Stumbled upon this a month or two ago and we'll have to think about it. Again, uh, if people go back and look at Hank Paulson's arguments from April of 2008, you will find that we had a great deal. And I will stress again, we want a fully functioning financial system. Um, I can't wait three years. You said two or three years. Uh, I think the notion of waiting three years to get the system functioning would be a great mistake. Uh, resolution authority, um, you talked about the housing stuff. Yes, uh, we believe that we have a pretty good understanding of what went wrong. In the uh, subprime lending, it was not the Community Reinvestment act. I think part of it was securitization and the ability to make loans and not have to uh, uh, worry about whether or not people be paid. It was a poor mechanism for dealing with them, the servicing model where nobody had full authority, it was the ability to have way too much leverage, uh, that that these are the things that we know fairly clearly were a problem. Now, exactly how you fix them, we don't know. Um, As to regulatory arbitrage, oh, I think we we, uh, are very well aware of that and have means of dealing with that. Uh, Again, we've been thinking about these things and have been spending, uh, you know, certainly since September of 2008, Uh, We have been working on it for 15 to 16 months. And finally, the notion that, oh, once you do it, it's done forever is implicit in your thinking and quite wrong. Uh, Of course, there will be improvements as you go forward. Well,
1: I get that from Treasury. I mean, they say, you know, December and we're out. And actually, some folks on your staff told me this is it. This is our big push And once we get this body of work, we're not
0: right now thinking about revisiting it. That's nonsense. That is nonsense and inaccurate. Um, People don't appear to have read the Constitution of the United States. People say, well... Can you change the law? Yes. A, a later law can change the law. Nothing is ever final. And, of course, there will be fixes, uh, but you don't begin to get the fixes until you start somewhere. And then you say, well, there's low-hanging fruit. Well, that contradicts what you said. Resolving authority may seem to you like just low-hanging fruit. If it was so low-hanging, how come it hadn't been picked years ago? Um, I think limiting leverage, restricting uh, the ability to serve as 100%, all those are very important. Um, you mean the securities, having to own a little bit yeah, of the securities
1: so that you have some yes. skin in the game?
0: Yes, I think that's a pretty clear thing to do. Uh, restricting derivatives, trying to push more of the derivatives onto uh, these exchanges. Again, um, if I, I don't see any suggestion that anything we're going to do is going to do a lot of damage. I have never argued, I don't think anybody rationally should, that we're going to fix this and we'll never have to revisit it. Of course we will. Well, Treasury wanted more. I don't know who in Treasury told you that's the end of it. The other thing is, and again, you are wrong to think, just find out wrong, that there is some panel of experts that are going to come to an agreement. You're ignoring ideology here. Pew Charitable Trust has a panel of Peter Wallison on the right, Martin Bailey
1: on the left, Alice Rivlin. It's twenty. 20- hardcore Republicans, hardcore Democrats, and they are coming to consensus.
0: On what? I, I disagree with you. What, what consensus? You say that. I think that's wrong. What consensus are they coming to? I've heard Peter Wallison. He blames the CRA. What consensus are they coming to? Not on the... They're not coming to... Well, on what issue are they coming to consensus? You're the ones who've invoked this consensus. I don't believe they are. They may be coming to a consensus at a level of abstraction that doesn't get you anywhere in terms of what you have to do. That's not wrong. But uh, you said they're coming to consensus. When when are they going to get there? How far along are they? What, is, what have they come to consensus on already? Their goal is to... No, no, no. I didn't ask you their goal. Um, you said to me... That they're, they're not there yet. They're consensus. not there yet. Well, when are they going to get there, and how far along are they? I you told them they, they had another month. They had to get moving. You, when <laughs> What have they come to consensus on already?
1: The stuff you've mentioned. The stuff that is happening. That there needs um, to be resolution it. authority. Right, let there.
0: me ask you this. Does it not make sense, as we do have—and as I said, there is consensus on these things. There is, I think, debate about people who—as to how you do the resolution authority. But you've got some straw man in your mind, some straw model of approach. Uh, No one thinks this is the last piece of it. And uh, no one—I know says, don't do a resolution authority— Don't do something about derivatives. Don't do something about subprime mortgages. How about the rating agencies? Should we leave them untouched for the next two or three years? I don't think so. I think we should try and fix it. So if this Pew Committee, just to use my... It's not a straw man. It's it's several
1: men and women who I know well. If if they come out with something in November or next February or whatever, that's smart, that's bipartisan, it's not too late, is what you're saying.
0: No, the Constitution of the United States says you do things uh, whenever you think they can be done. I will bet you now that... uh, the extent to which they're going to come together on fundamental approaches uh, uh, with anything like unanimity, it, it won't be there. Wow. So he, uh, he actually bet
2: you. He's, he's like, that sounds like a, it's a, that's a challenge.
1: It's a challenge, and it's a yeah. challenge we are up to. You're going to be hearing, actually, on the podcast in coming weeks and on the radio, Morning Edition, All Things Considered, and probably This American Live, you're going to be hearing from that Pew committee. You're going to be hearing our taking up of this challenge for Barney Frank. And we will
2: answer the question, is there such a thing as broad-based consensus on what we should do to fix our financial system? And we'll also tell a bunch of jokes yes. about
1: financial regulatory reform.
2: <laughs> yeah, right, you thought such a thing was not possible. It is. Um, well, I think that wraps it up for today. I think it does. Please let us
1: know what you thought about this interview. You can do it easily in the comments on our uh, blog, npr.org slash money, or send us an email, planetmoney at npr.org. I'm Alex Bloomberg. And I'm Adam Davidson. Thank you for listening.